right, all right, all right, all right. It is time for Wake Up to the Word. New Testament Friday. New Testament Friday. We're all glad that we're here. Glad you're here. Thank you, audience. We uh, hope you are joining us, our studio audience. And uh, it is New Testament Friday. This has been a busy week. Uh, normally, I do the both uh, podcasts on Monday. I do both Thursdays and Fridays on Monday. I only had time this Monday to do Old Testament Thursdays podcast and uh, did not get to um, New Testament Friday. So uh, we are episode uh, 12, New Testament Friday, NT12, and uh, this is Thursday. So uh, you've already listened to uh, Old Testament Thursday's lesson, and I am recording this on Thursday. So uh, so glad you're here. So glad we get to uh, get into the Word and uh, in New Testament. And our reading for Friday, uh, the 10th, right? The 10th of February is Luke chapter 5 and John chapter 2. I'm starting at Luke chapter 5. And uh, some cool stuff going on here. You see Peter at the boat, uh, Jesus calling uh, some disciples. He calls uh, for uh, uh, Peter and he tells him to go uh, set your nets out <clears throat> right as you get to uh, um, verse 6. He says, and when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. He told them to go cast out his net after he had used his boat to speak. And uh, they signaled to their partners and other boats to come and help. And as they came, they filled their boats. Uh, they filled both boats so that they were, they began to sink. But when Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And people speculate as to why that was Peter's response. And, uh, you know, he'd just been called to follow me. You're going to be fishers of men. And then he's uh, speaking to the crowd from the boat. Then he tells him, you know, go cast your nets out. And he catches all these fish. It's uh, the speculation is that uh, Peter thought I am going to be absolutely rich because if he controls even the fish to go into the nets, how much money can we possibly make? And then he dawns on him what he's doing in his mind and he says, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. So it's it's speculation, but. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's, it's probably very close to what Peter was thinking. He was thinking some kind of personal gain, personal benefit. And Jesus tells him, uh, from now on, you will catch men. And in one of the other Gospels we saw, you will be fishers of men. So they followed Jesus after that. And we walked through and he heals a leper. And then he heals a paralytic and there's an interesting dialogue that goes on here between uh, jesus and the pharisees and the teachers of the law um and when they had saw their faith uh, 
Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question in your heart? Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven you? Or to rise and walk? So interesting question Jesus is posing because um, I'm sure the Pharisees and the teachers of the law would never, ever risk a miraculous statement by telling someone, rise and walk. So what's easier? Your sins are forgiven. That's not <clears throat> necessarily tangible. It's not quantifiable in the moment. Um, but Jesus says, but I'll go even farther. But that you may know that I, that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he says to the man who is paralyzed, I say to you, rise up, pick up your bed and go home. And immediately he rose, immediately he rose up before them, picked up what he had been laying on and went home, glorifying God. So he says, uh, I know, I know you're questioning whether I'm God or not, but, but just just so you know, just so you know that the Son of Man has authority, I'm going to tell, I'm going to have him walk anyways. So, uh, you know, some of this stuff is, is, is almost, you know, laughable in that how he plays off these Pharisees, teachers of the law, the Sadducees, uh, he, they seem to trap themselves and he lets them. Um, Jesus does not like those who take authority and benefit themselves from religious positions. Uh, it seems he gets very angry with them. It seems he very often shows them up in what they're doing. And uh, I just find that fascinating. And so, you know, it's a lesson is that it's, it's to us all, especially those of us who, who preach the gospel, teach the gospel, teach the Bible, is that the position is is a humbling one. It's it's not a, a, a place where um, you should be, placing yourself on a pedestal. We should always be pointing to Jesus, always be pointing back to the word, always be humble in that. So, you know, I take that very seriously. So Jesus calls Levi, the tax collector, Matthew, as we know him, and the chosen is, uh, if you've watched the chosen, it, it, it takes a very interesting tack here in with Levi, with Matthew Levi. <clears throat> and, and they've had, they make him almost, they make him a, uh, uh, a, a bit of autism in 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 how he interacts socially, and it, it gives him the ability to be good with numbers and and math and 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 those things. Uh, interesting choice. Don't know how true it is, but uh, or how close it is to reality. Um, but uh, Jesus walks in after this. He went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, "Follow me." And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. And uh, Levi made a great feast at his house, and there was a large company of tax collectors and other reclining at the table. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled at his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them. Interesting, they posed the question to the disciples, 
But Jesus stood up and answered them, Those who are well have no need for a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So, um, Jesus, Jesus' life, Jesus' call is for those who are far from him. And uh, I think sometimes we forget that. And um, we, don't, we don't do enough, and I'm pointing the finger at myself, don't do enough sharing of the gospel to those who are far from God. So, maybe I need to do something about that. Um, question about fasting. Uh, we go into the new wineskins, new wine and new wineskins, and this is all about being a new creation and being able to take on the new wine, the the new information, the the new gospel, the new the fresh uh, word, and uh, and then Jesus claims to be uh, the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath, as he uh, that's in chapter six. So when I'm doing chapter six, we are in Luke two. And uh, the wedding in Cana. This is a great account, a great story, great uh, tale, a great uh, truth. Um, Jesus uh, goes to a Jesus goes to a uh, a wedding with the disciples, and uh, it, most of you know the story. It's Jesus' first miracle, and um, the the party starts and. You know, they're giving out the wine at the wedding. Everybody's having a good time. And then they go to Mary and say, you know, they, they, they have no wine. They've run out of wine. And, and in that culture, in that time, in that season, that was a, an embarrassment. Uh, if you didn't have the, enough wine for the wedding feast. Uh, and so Mary, Jesus' mother, goes to Jesus and says, they have no wine. And Jesus says to, to, to her, woman... What does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Interesting conundrum. His mother Mary says to the servants, do whatever he tells you. And she walks away. Now, you know, Jewish mothers, uh, Italian mothers, let's just say mothers in general, uh, have a, a way and a sway with their children and um, especially someone who would live in the Jewish culture, who understands that within the ten, uh, in the the Decalogue, the uh, ten words, as it says in Hebrew, ten commandments, it says, honor your father and your mother. Um, so it's very interesting uh, as Mary comes and ask Jesus to do something about this circumstance. And Jesus lets her know, it's not my time. It, there's a set time for me to start doing miraculous things. And so what does Jesus do? His mother's asked something of him, and yet he, his father has a timeline. How does he honor both his father, his heavenly father, and his earthly mother. So Jesus comes up with an amazing answer. And now there were six, six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites purification, which holds 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servant, to the servants, fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, 
Now draw out some and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. And when the master of the feast tasted the water, now had become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Every, Everyone serves the good wine first. When the people have drunk freely, then they pour then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This is the first of his signs Jesus did in Cana, in Galilee, and manifest his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Okay, what's going on? There's something exciting. It's not his time, yet he did a miracle. But what he did was, he did a miracle on the QT, on the slide, undercover, uh, because the servants filled the water jars, the servants drew out the water. The servants were the ones who brought it to the master of the feast. And the master of the feast had no idea, nor the other people at the wedding had no idea where this great wine had come from. Mary knew, Jesus knew, and apparently the disciples knew. But that's all. Nobody else knew. So Jesus honored his father by not publicly doing a miracle, and he honored his mother by not letting the wedding be a, 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 a disaster without having wine. And Jesus not only made wine, he made the very best wine. We could get into a whole conversation about wine and alcohol and Christianity uh, I'm going to save that for another episode, but Jesus' first miracle was about celebrating with wine, and uh, so you can dwell on that. We'll 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 get into that another time. Where there's another verse that uh, is more pointed uh, through it, and we'll relate back to this one. So Jesus cleanses the temple. We come up on verse 13 of chapter two of John. And uh, this may sound very familiar to you. The Passover of the Jews was at hand. Jesus went up to Jerusalem in the temple. He found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and money changers sitting there. And making a whip of cord, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned the tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that was written, zealous for the house, for your house will consume me. So the Jews said to him, what sign do you show us for doing these things? And Jesus said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then the Jews then said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple. And will you raise it up in three days? What he was speaking about was the temple of his body. Verse 22. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scriptures and the word that Jesus had spoken. So, oh my goodness, what happened? Okay, I'm still up, sorry. What? What's going on here? This seems to be out of place. This seems to be, this is something that happened just before the crucifixion, isn't it? Well, there's multiple places where this 
kind of thing occurs, and each one is a little different. They're similar in their accounts, but they're a little different. And John puts it early, and uh, then again in one of the other Gospels, it's a little later, uh, closer to the crucifixion after the triumphal entry. And it is entirely possible that this happens multiple times, because let's face it, uh, the temple was not a place that was uh, being used properly in this time frame. Um, so, I, can you imagine being part of Jesus' um, entourage, his flock, his disciples, and um, you have these rising pinnacles of Jesus doing miracles and getting a following, and then Jesus does something like this, and now people don't want to go near him. So this 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 is a, a difficult up and down road that these disciples have, and that's that's what that's what faith does. That's what Christianity is. It's it's a road of peaks and valleys, and what happens is you you go along. God's blessing you. You're you're. You're learning, you're growing in your faith. You might have some great experiences sharing your faith. And then you you, you have a bad experience. Uh, something dark happens. Something, you get accused of something. You get, uh, you get pushback on your faith. You get fired from your job because of your faith. And you're low, low, low. And, uh, and so... This is the journey, and they're walking it with Jesus, and Jesus is, is bringing the truth, always brings the truth. And so when we get to these things, we just feel like it's low, low, low. And, and, it, and it just seems like, is this really the road we're supposed to be on? And the truth of it is, is Jesus says, in this world there will be trouble, uh, but... I have overcome the world, so be of good cheer. So it's for us to step into what God's doing and and to understand that there's going to be highs and there's going to be lows, but we have to seek the presence of God. We have to be with him. We have to press in with him. We have to let his presence flow in us and through us. We have to keep getting into the word. We have to keep a prayer time. We have to keep sharing our faith regardless of, of what the response is. We have to keep sharing the truth of God. Uh, we speak the truth in love, but we don't have control over the responses. We don't have control over how people really react. So I didn't share my coffee today, uh, and it is a different. I have the Pete's Blend today, drip coffee, uh, the bold, medium, but it's good. And uh, go ahead and try it. It's a uh, different coffee than we usually have. That I had on... Uh, today than I had yesterday because you're going to hear this on Friday. So that's the episode for New Testament Friday. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that uh, you had a good time. I didn't use many sound effects today, but that's the end. That's the end of the show. <laughs> so keep reading your Bible. Keep tuning in. Share it with a friend. My viewership is rising and rising. I'm so excited. Uh, thank you so much for sharing. Keep sharing it with friends. We love uh, reading the word. 
And come on out if you're local to uh, Word on Wednesday. We're going through Genesis. We had our first uh, first uh, uh, first teaching there live at the Family Center in Marvin Gardens K Building. So come on out and join us. We love for you to be with us, and uh, we will see you next week. Wake up to the Word org for more information for Jeff's stack of stuff we'll see you later <laughs>